Hello and welcome to Typhoon Talks, a podcast for Typhoon Consulting, a boutique management consultancy here in Hong Kong. Today we are talking with Bob Chapman, a manager in the consulting business here in Hong Kong, and we're going to be talking about uh, Hong Kong's mandatory provident fund, or MPF, which is a, a retirement uh, savings uh, program here. So, Bob, tell us a little bit about what the MPF program is and uh, and and the overall retirement savings market in Hong Kong. Hello. Uh, sure, I'd love to. So most uh, countries try and base themselves on the World Bank's pillar structure, which essentially means uh, they have different buckets of types of pension system that countries ideally have to uh, provide for their citizens. So these these broadly fit into two two buckets of either being publicly funded, where the state picks up uh, picks up the, the cost of funding pensions, and privately managed um, pension pension funds. Now, Hong Kong doesn't have very much in the way of things being publicly funded. The uh, Mandatory Provident Fund, the MPF, fits into the World Bank's second pillar, which is entirely privately managed, and that's funded by employees and employers. Now, the impact of that is it means that if you're not in any sort of employment, uh, you don't have have any uh, support from the state. Uh, they do. They do have some limited, small schemes on the private side, but it's not really too much to speak of the population as a whole of, of you know seven million or so. So there's no publicly funded welfare system to catch you if you if you Correct. if you're out of work. There are for the very very poor, but um, it's it's very it's a very minuscule amount in the in the overall scheme of things. So yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. So the uh, that means if you are say housewife or your maybe part of the uh, informal economy, or even if you're a domestic worker here, you don't have any MPF coverage or you're not part of that pension system at all. So that's briefly in a nutshell what MPF is. It, it's, it's quite young as well. It was only set up in 2000. That's when it, when it started. Before that, they had uh, more bespoke um, occupational pension schemes, which still exists uh, as well today, but everybody has to be, uh, once they're in employment, part of the MPF system. Hence the mandatory in MPF. Exactly, exactly. And and from obviously it is mandatory, but and so that has it covers people who universally who are in employment. What are there positives to that as, or are there, is it mostly a negative thing? The, the fact that it is mandatory. Well, I think it's good because it, it it does mean that there is something right. You've got whereas before there wasn't anything unless you're employable to set up a, their own scheme. Um, which a lot of them didn't, this means that at least that they have something. So particularly where, say, you're below the median wage in, in Hong Kong, uh, which a lot of the population are, um, it, it gives you something. It, there's some sort of coverage there, whereas, you know, before the year 2000, they probably wouldn't be covered at all. Now, I think overall what Hong Kong needs to think about is it has, a, it has an aging population. So uh, it's going to... I think double the uh, number of people over the age of 65 in the next sort of 10, 15 years or so. So that is going to be um, an issue for all the, the young people coming through having to support this older generation. Also, people in Hong Kong aren't having enough kids. The, it's got one of the, as well as having a very high life expectancy here, there's a very low replacement rate, something like 1.1. Uh, and you need to have around about 2.1 for it to be a sustainable population. Um, the way that you can counter that, and many Western countries have, have, have countered it this way, is by lots of immigration. But again, Hong Kong is quite reluctant to have that on a, on a large scale. 
uh, because it's already it, it's had a lot of immigration over the last sort of 30, 40 years, a huge population increase here anyway. And is the, is the retirement fund that an individual has, is that personal to them? So they're effectively saving for their own personal retirement as opposed to the state pension scheme in the UK, which is everybody pays into it and everybody receives money out of it and therefore effectively the current workforce is paying for the retirement of, of people already retired. Is that, is that pot that, you know, yeah, have your name on exactly. it? Exactly. The idea is that it's it's just for you. It's, it's a yeah. fund that's meant, meant just for you. Um, but often, as I think I alluded to before, say uh, families, say in Hong Kong, will struggle, I think, on the amount that they've, they're going to have at the end because... Uh, if if somebody say staying at home and they're not in employment, they're not on they're not anything to do with the NPF. Suddenly that pot's halved. Yeah. If they've got a, a and then also if they have kids, um, that's going to be an issue. Um, also things like medical care isn't really accounted for here, and, and that's you know it's a very expensive city for for, for medical care. While it has fantastic medical facilities, it doesn't it doesn't come cheap at all. So most people estimate um, there was a survey done on this relatively recently. Well, most people currently in the NPF system think that it will only be able to provide for about seven years of their post-retirement uh, life, which is clearly not enough if you assume that you know people are going to retire around 65, or even if the age increases to say 70, the life expectancy at that time is probably expected to be you know it's going to be it's going to be hitting towards 90 or 95, right? so that's going to be a problem. So why is this interesting for Typhoon as a firm? Uh, well, I think it means that. Uh, well, well, first of all, there's there's a lot of changes happening in the market at the moment. The the government and the regulator are aware that there are are issues in this area, and certainly the the way that the MPF has been set up, uh, they think has been too expensive with what's been charged. So there's been a, a lot of uh, incidents where schemes, because it's mandatory, the government feels that uh, the people who and it's not a very large long list of uh, people of trustees who take care of people's money, because like I said at the start, it's all done privately, there's probably only about 15 or so. Um, the government thinks that they've been charging too much and taking too much money out. So so why, why it's interesting for us is the implications on those companies and the impact, they're going to have to make changes um, to to how they're set up. And I think that's where we can come in and, and advise on you know strategies for how they might approach things like that. Also, because the industry is, current, is, is now saturated, it's been going for 15 years, um, you're starting to see the dominant market players. Um, and there's, there's, say, I don't know, three or four that are, are quite far ahead of the rest of the other the other ten or so in the, in the trustee list. Now, because they end up being so dominant, and they, 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 your, their HSBC's up there, Manulife's up there, AIA's up there, the big Hong Kong companies you kind of expect. Those companies are more than likely to I say acquire some of the other lower companies because it's very very hard for companies lower down to make any money out of uh, out of NPF. Those large companies they've got the scale to be able to do it. They can sell it with other products. So HSBC can can look at you know their other banking products, Money Life, where they you know can sell other insurance products. If you're a smaller player, you don't really have the same scope to be able to do that. So that's where I guess a company like us can come in and say, okay, well, what really should your strategy be with NPF? Why are you in this business? What should you be looking at? What are the things you should be considering? So one of the things, obviously, that the, the Hong Kong government is looking at doing is making the scheme cheaper um, at the point of consumption and also uh, hopefully cheaper in terms of for um, the NPF providers in Hong Kong by lowering 
the cost in terms of trying to create a, uh, effectively a utility to, to provide all the administrators for. Um, over what time frame is that likely to come in and do you think that will help attract more firms into the industry or is it really likely to really, as you were talking about now, about consolidation activities in the sector, do you think it's just going to drive further consolidation as the large companies become more profitable, um, the smaller companies realise that they can't generate the returns required and therefore are more likely to exit the market? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I think what I've said applies to how the market is now as consolidation side I think well, the the government's looking at and has already said you know um, explicitly that they are looking to set up something called an administration master and they've said they want to do this over the next five years uh, where everything becomes centrally administered so therefore the role of the current trustees really totally changes uh, now okay what this actually means hasn't quite been articulated yet I think that's the idea of the next couple of years having a lot of consultations about what they kind of mean by this I think the MPFA, the regulator, have a have a, an idea in their head of what they want to do with it. Um, so if we assume that it's it's going to be very controlled from the centre, it means that there's, I think there's scope for more people to be involved, definitely, because then it becomes more about having the best schemes. It means that people can change their schemes and to, you know to well-performing funds, and it means that people who are very good at managing funds, so you'll see very good fund managers really, I think, are very keen on this system. People like, say, BlackRock and Vanguard will do very well out of it, whereas it kind of cuts out, say, people like HSBC or Manning Offer or AIA who are currently managing it. If there was this person in the middle doing all of it, they don't really have a role in the same way. Uh, I mean, some of them might have very good funds as well. There's, you know, Invesco have their own funds. Fidelity have very well-performing funds in there as well. So I think companies like that will be fine, but it's companies, I, I guess, like HSBC that could really be disrupted massively with those changes coming up. Now, it's currently planned to be five years. I think it'll probably end up being a bit longer as uh, you know, the consultation periods go on and regulators don't like to move particularly quickly anyway. Um, but that's the target at the moment, is for, to have something in place um, yeah, over a five-year time frame. And on the consumer side of things, you alluded to the fact that the average MPF fund for an in- is going to only provide seven years post-retirement um, income for them. How do how does the government incentivise people in Hong Kong to, I would guess, begin saving earlier uh, in order to generate a larger pot from their own contributions, or does it look to increase the contribution levels that are required from the employer? Yeah, I think, I think that's a good question. I think um, in terms of making people save earlier... Well, it's already it's already there as a mandatory fund, right? Mm. So, but from a voluntary contribution point of view, yes, I don't think enough is being done on that side. You're absolutely right. Um, and at the moment, to put voluntarily into your NPF account, which you can do on top of your mandatory contributions, there is no tax incentive. Whereas that differs from other other countries, and I think that's something that if the government really wants to encourage people to save more there. Uh, they could do that. Of course, they could also raise the ceiling for what the mandatory contributions are, because currently they're capped. Um, they're, they're, they're capped at a relatively low level. Mm. Uh, so I think everyone expects that over time, and they have raised it in the past as well, I think it will continue to go up and could go up a lot, lot faster. So that's something that could happen. I think one other thing to consider is that people do save in lots of other ways, though, obviously in Hong Kong. They, you know, they manage their own money. A lot of people put, obviously, money into the property market here because it's uh, very lucrative. They, they put into their own private um, funds, which, you know, are separate from the government pension funds. Um, you know, 
it's a quite a big thing to invest money here in Hong Kong. Uh, that doesn't apply, I guess, to the mass market, but it's a it's quite a uh, it's quite a popular thing. I, I think it's important to realise that NPF is not the only sort of retirement and savings vehicle here. It, it's definitely not the only retirement savings vehicle. But if you're if you've got a property in Hong Kong and you own it, you're less likely to need the fallback mechanism yeah, of the NPF. Yeah, yeah. And I guess from a tax perspective, the majority of people who require the NPF product fall below the taxation threshold anyway here. Yes. So the incentivization has really got to come in terms of saving earlier mm. and or getting the employers to, to pay more money in because fundamentally the, the people this is, the, the NPF is designed to cater for are not going to generate enough um, of a pot to pay for themselves without government assistance. And the government is either going to have to pick up the bill either sort of earlier in the day in terms of contributing or helping contribute to um, the NPF or it's going to have to provide a safety net for people as they run out of savings later on in their lives. Yeah. And I think the government has to consider, actually, in the, in the long term, is now they don't put anything towards, really, um, individual retirement. But to support this massive old population that they're going to have here, uh, I think it's something that they've got to look at. Um, why they've been reluctant to do that, I guess, is because it's currently got a massive competitive advantage here, being a very low uh, low tax area, Hong Kong. So the, the government here doesn't want to, say, stop businesses and individuals wanting to come here for that benefit. But I think they have to weigh that up with the issues they're going to have. Um, with, you know, they can't rely on, say, employees to pick up all of the, all of the slack and, and pay for the retirements of individuals. I don't think that's realistic. And you mentioned that the, the MPF system in, in Hong Kong is, is, is relatively new. It's less than 20 years old. If we sort of fast forward a few years, do we expect, with the sort of the change in regulation, provision of a, a lower cost um, uh, MPF platform, uh, do, do we see it provide, you know, actually looking to achieve its aims in the, in the next few years, or do we think it's uh, going to continue to struggle to deliver the benefits to the, the, the poorer section of, of, of society? I think it can, but it, it has to do what regulators are often reluctant to do, uh, do a lot more, a lot quick, more quickly. Uh, because if they do have something central that encourages people to save more, uh, then then great. I think that's the way that you, if you get people a little more engaged in it, then um, it's more likely to be able to provide for what they, you know, what they want to be able to achieve, which is for everybody to uh, to have a you know a comfortable retirement. Um, so it is possible. I question whether they will do things quickly enough for for that to for that to really happen. Um, and the trouble is in in you know in a, in Western in more developed uh, parts of the world, the government's always a backstop there. Um, whereas here, the government effectively refuses to be a backstop. So I think that's going to be a problem. Um, but it is it's definitely scoped to achieve to uh, achieve what they want to, if they move relatively quickly. So it's basically it's up to the government and the regulators to decide whether they really want to solve this problem. Yes, yes, exactly. And if that means in increasing taxes, I think they're just going to have to accept that. I mean, the, the you know the tax rate in Hong Kong is extremely low at the moment, uh, and often when you uh, and another 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 survey that again was done last year was where the people would be happy to have their taxes increased by a little bit to uh, provide for people's retirement, including their own in the future. And it was unequivocally, I think people people said yes, we'd be happy to do that. Um, 
So I think the government needs to be brave there and make that decision. Otherwise, they're going to have this huge, huge problem. So if you had, you know, just to close, if you had one piece of advice that you could give to the Hong Kong government and the, and the MPFA, what would that advice be? I'd, I'd advise them to be brave. I'd advise them to uh, move towards the administration master, but be, be bold with it. Don't be afraid to make the decision. I think that's the long-term advice I'd give them. In the short term, something that we haven't gone into uh, is the fact that they um, can offset, a lot of the employers can offset their mandatory contributions when they, when they lay someone off. Um, and this is quite a sensitive political topic. Uh, if they make someone redundant, they can use the redundancy payment from their um, from their NPF um, package, which is kind of taking the money that's already theirs um, to pay them off. Um, so if I was if I was the NPFA, I would be working very hard to remove that because then it, obviously it means that person doesn't have any retirement savings anymore or has a lot less of a retirement savings. So. They're the two bits, that, two bits of advice that I would give to the, the MPFA. Bob Chapman, thank you very much for your views on, on the MPF. Um, that's all from this uh, edition of Typhoon Talks. If you'd like to see more of our podcast, please go and visit us at www.typhoonconsulting.com. Many thanks. Thank you.